Hey Chit Chatters, Jose Miguel here with another episode of Life and Business Coaching for Millennials. In today's episode, I have a good friend of mine, Gail Keys Allen, and we're coming to you to talk about the millennial debt crisis and how it impacts you. We're not just diving into student loan and credit card debts, we're diving into how to gain financial freedom while winning at life. Gail is a money mindset coach, and she's also the host of the Midlife Moneymaker podcast, and she also helps women in getting clarity on how to become more financially successful, independent, and win in all things surrounding about money. So we're really excited to come to you with this amazing story, um, and not just talking about how to improve your quality of life surrounding money, but your minds and how to digging into everything you want. I'm excited for you to listen in. Let's get started. Are you a millennial who's struggling to find more purpose? Do you feel confused when you think about what you're created to do here? Do you waste time on job search engines searching for a better fit? Do you often feel unfulfilled with what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Well, you don't have to feel that way anymore. Welcome to the Life and Business Coaching for Millennials, a safe space where people from all walks of life can come together to learn, grow, and transform. My name is Jose Miguel Longo, and I'm your host. Life and Business Coaching for Millennials is a place where diversity is celebrated and encouraged, where we can have open, honest conversations about uncovering your purpose in business, feeling more joy in your life, and ultimately finding more happiness and success. I look forward to having meaningful conversations and coaching sessions that will help you explore life, career options, be inspired, fueled, and fulfilled with laughter. It's time to chit-chat with Jose Miguel. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Life and Business Coaching for Millennials podcast. I have a special guest here today, and we're diving into all things that are related to millennials as it relates to debt, student loan debt, credit card debt. And so this guest who's here with me, her name is Gail Keith Allens. I'm excited to have her on the podcast. She's a good friend of mine who I've met through another program on Facebook, and we've continued our relationship, and she's helped me understand my mindset with money. Gail, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I'm so excited to have you as a guest. You're welcome, and thanks for the invitation. So before we dive in, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who Gail is and all her loveliness, and what you do, and so that way they can get a better understanding about what your offers are, and we'll post those in the show notes as well. Okay, well, I am the midlife moneymaker, and so what I do is help women, and you don't have to be in midlife. I have a lot of young people actually in my Facebook group, but um, I help women specifically change their money mindset. I help them look at money in a different way and embrace managing money, making money, everything related to money. I offer coaching and working on a class. I have a podcast called the Midlife Moneymaker Podcast, and I will be doing some free masterclasses. So that's something your audience would probably want to check out um, on a different way of budgeting, journaling for money, And also, I'm doing one on race, sex, and money. 
So oh, that, that should be powerful. I want to I want to listen to that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So we'll definitely make sure we can capture all that information and put it in the show notes for listeners to find. So let me just ask this first question. I'm a millennial. I know that I graduated with college. I graduated college with over two hundred thousand dollars in debt. A lot of that debt is also um, interest. So you know, for many of my listeners, they all they range in different demographics. It's not just millennials. This is for everybody. But mm-hmm. you know, I know who my audience that I would love to serve on a regular basis. And how can how can someone like myself and my my peers who are in this same similar situation, we have student loan debt, we have credit card debt. What can we do? What are some ways that we can either shift our mindset about how to live with this debt? Because I'll tell you what, for me, I am drained. I am stressed. I am thankful that I have the ability to be in a program within my student loan that allows me to pay a reduced amount so that I don't have to pay that $2,000 payment. Okay. What advice do you have for people out there who are in a very different situation that may perhaps can't afford to pay it? What, how can you shift the mindset? I know that's a lot of questions, but. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I'm going to say, and, and most people will probably find it controversial, is that debt is neutral. Mm. And it took me a long time because I'm one that had student loan debt and I've actually filed for bankruptcy before I had a bunch of medical issues, a brain tumor. So I've had some crazy stuff happen in my life where I've been in a lot of debt and gotten out of it. But the thing that I've learned is that debt is neutral. So you can look at debt and give it any meaning you want to. You can choose to be stressed about it and, Um, You know, people buffer, which means you eat or drink, or even some people spend more money when they're in a lot of debt. Whatever you do when you're upset, you know, people, people make a big deal out of it. Like, oh my God, that number, you know, seems so big. So if you started out saying, you know what, I got an education. I appreciate that I got this education. This is my situation now. What, how am I going to tackle it? And, and that's, that's how I approach things. So debt is neutral. Then the other thing is you have to look at it. You can't ignore it. Because when you ignore it, it makes it more stressful. So you got to have a plan. And you got to talk to people. So some people don't want to get on the phone, don't want to ask for help. You have to communicate with whoever you owe the money to and come up with a plan, whether it's a simple spreadsheet where you just list everything you owe everybody and then start tackling one thing at a time. Um, And then like you got in a special program. If somebody loses their job, you know, they have programs for that. You, You have to talk. You would be surprised what help you can get when you start talking to people. But I know a lot of times people are embarrassed and they don't want to talk about it. And it's kind of like the dark side of their life, you know? And it's like so many people are in that situation that don't beat yourself up. Just bring it, bring it to light, put it all out there, and then start looking at solutions. Now, the other thing, the third thing that I would recommend, and this is one thing that I'm going to be teaching in one of the master classes, is to budget in a different way and to make a decision to look at what you are good at. Pick something. 
what can you sell? What can you teach? Where can you get a part-time job? A lot of people press you about cutting out like cable and don't drink lattes and all this stuff. And, and I've tried that way of budgeting and it makes, that makes me more stressed. It makes me, it's, it's made me depressed before. It's like, I can't mm -hmm. have fun doing anything. Can't go to the movies. Can't, well, we can't now with COVID, but you know what I mean? I can't, can't do anything fun. No, what we do is with the, what I'm teaching is to pick a goal and then find a way to pay for it. And I'll give you an example. I live in a four bedroom house, nice house. Before I'm, I'm divorced, before I moved here, I had gotten my divorce and lived in an apartment. I was tired of being in an apartment. I had been in a home so many years and wanted to be in a single family home again. I had $1,000 in the bank. Now, you know, you got to put down a deposit, like good faith deposit, and then you got to put down money to buy a house. My real estate agent said to me, Gail, you can do it. You can handle it. You'll figure it out. That's what he said to me. And I'm like, how am I going to figure it out? I got $1,000 in the bank. That was, that was all the money I had. Single mom. Um, I sat in my car one day and prayed and said, God, can you show me how I can come up with money for this house? So I got in a first-time homebuyer program. They ended up telling me that I need to come up with almost $8,000 in addition to what they were contributing for the program. So I sit in my car and I'm like, oh, and the house I bought was empty and the people wanted to close in 30 days. Oh, Lord. So, so yeah. So I'm like, I don't make $8,000 in a month. Yeah. Where am I getting the money? Who? There's nobody I could borrow it from. I think my mother was deceased. My Both my parents were deceased at that time. I mean... Anyway, they're deceased because um, this was like seven years ago and they've been both deceased longer than that. So anyway, I get in my car and I'm just like, God, um, I don't know what to do. I just need you to tell me what to do. And I'm not a super religious person, but I do depend on prayer. Anyway, the next day I'm getting ready for work and I'm listening to the radio and I hear this commercial and they're saying, um, come to whatever jewelry store it is. We're doing a buy back your jewelry program, no questions asked. And so immediately, and I've never sold jewelry or pawned anything in my life. Well, I had my diamond from when I was married and I had some other jewelry. I pulled out my jewelry box and I'm like, I'm selling it all. I, I put that ring in the bag, a bag. I put gold bracelets, some, some other rings. And it was the next day, so I went to work and I told my boss, you know, I'm going to take the day off. And I told a friend and a couple of friends, and they were all like, you're going to sell that beautiful diamond? Don't do that. And you're taking a day off of work to sell some jewelry? And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And the place was 45 minutes from where I live. So right there, <laughs> there were all these barriers that most people would say, no, I won't do it. I got to drive 45 minutes. I got to take the day off work, you know, whatever. And no guarantee of how much you're going to get. So I take the day off, go to this place. It's a nice jewelry store. Go there, show them my, pull out all my jewelry. Well, the diamond was like two and a half carats. It was a really nice 
diamond. It's a nice diamond. That's a pretty big rock. (laughs) Yeah, it was. And very sparkly. So the um, head guy there, the head manager, comes out and gets it. And he's like, I got to call New York, the diamond district, figure out how much we can give you for this, blah, 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 blah. They're weighing stuff. And I'm like intrigued because they're weighing things and writing it on a piece of paper. They have to report it to the police to make sure none of it's stolen. Stolen. So anyway... She does her bit with all my other stuff. He calls me in his office, sits me down, starts calculating, and he goes, okay, this is the offer we can make you. $7,780, something like that. I just sat there and cried. And the man is looking at me like, what is going on? <laughs> so I tell him my story. You know, I'm, I'm going to closing on this house. I don't have the money, blah, 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 blah. I needed, it was, it was like $7,900 and I got 7800 or something from my jewelry. That's amazing. He comes out into the store and starts telling everybody in the store my story and everybody in the store is cheering for me. I cried my eyes out. So the whole point of the story is you have to believe. You have to do all kinds of things. You have to use your imagination. You have to use your talents and skills. And even, even for me, I've made a list of all the different ways I can make money. Make a list of the different ways you can make money. It doesn't have to be this big business. It can just be a passion project. I call it a micro offer. You know, just pick something. If you can, if you like making cheesecake, sell some cheesecakes for six months or a year, whatever. I mean, there's mm-hmm. something, if you, there's so many things you can do. Go cut people's grass, do landscaping, people's garden. I mean, clean somebody's house, do some repairs. There's, use your imagination. And gives, that's how I believe you get rid of your debt. It gives new definition to the phrase or the term, um, jack of all trades, master of none. Yes. Because, you know, so many people, and I could tell you this, though, this generation, the millennial generation, and I think some um, gen, uh, gen, well, the, the boomers that are later closer to millennials um, have, have looked at the side hustle, the gig economy yeah. to value yeah. that. And that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember I finished, I, when I got, when I graduated college, I waited before I started paying on my student loans. I deferred my payments because I wanted to get myself out of the credit card debt. And I got myself, I had almost 30,000 in credit card debt on top of my 200,000 in student loans. So I'm like, okay, have this education. What am I doing with it? And I work in the public sector. So for me, why I'm benefiting from the program that I have is because I decided to invest in higher education I worked for private university and public. They're both non-for-profit. So the government, federal government has programs which will reduce your rate and as a pay as you earn. So the more money I make, the, the increase in my actual rate of payment is. But there's also a student loan forgiveness program that ultimately has been super helpful because now in my, I'm going into my third year of payments. And now with COVID, they've taken everybody off of payments. So I'm saving a little money here and there, but not as much as I want to um, towards the payments that I'm making. And they're still considered to be qualifying for these months. So 
lots of different programs. But for me, I went and got a part-time job at Target working 25 hours, 30 hours a week. And I did it for two years. And ultimately, the goal was to use that money to pay off my credit cards. It started that way, but then I got engaged. So then it became money for the wedding. And all the money that I made was towards my wedding. And now I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm almost out of credit card debt. I have literally less than a year left to com be completely out of credit card debt, which okay. is exciting. Um, but at the same time, I have this other thing hovering over my head. And for people who have all those goals, what advice do you have when it comes to that mindset? Because I think that sounds like the biggest hurdle. It's not just about having the money to do it or having the time, it's the mindset. Well, a lot of it is intentional. Like you have to make a decision that you're gonna think different thoughts. Because if you keep thinking the same thoughts, you're gonna be in the same situation. So think different thoughts. And when you think different thoughts, you create new feelings. And that, and that is simple as that. And that's why I really love journaling and you can be very intentional. You know, if someone, if someone prays, they can make up their own prayer. If they do affirmations, like I have affirmation on my wall in my bedroom that says there's nothing that God can't do. Mm. There's nothing that God can't do. And if I look at that every day and I repeat that every day, I start to believe it. it like, it's like it becomes an automatic belief. Mm -hmm. and, and the other thing is, you got to where you are and you're breathing, you're alive. You, most, most of your listeners, they have a roof over their head, they have food to eat. And so it's not like you're gonna be out on the street tomorrow. The worry is in your head. The worry mm -hmm. is in what you're telling yourself. And most people, and, and I say this all the time, most people argue for their limitations. They will That's try so to come, they will try to convince you why they can't do something or why something's not going to work. You know, if I say sell your jewelry or sell some items, well, nobody probably will want to buy that. And I don't know anybody and I don't know how, and I don't, you know, and it's like, I tell people all the time, stop arguing for your limitations. You have to believe that it's possible. And I was not born this optimistic person. In fact, when I was in high school, I was nominated class pessimist. So I had to grow into the person that I am. It takes work. It takes effort. It's not, it's, I mean, some people are born optimists, um, but most people are not. And to me, it's worth the work. It's worth, if I got to write a million times, there's nothing that God cannot do. Or I'm, I'm powerful, I'm capable, I'm more than enough. What, whatever it is you want to affirm, you mm -hmm. have to start with new thoughts. You know, and, and like I shared with you that I'm participating in a challenge to make $10,000 in 10 days. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I believe I can. And so that's all it takes is the belief that I can. And I, I truly believe that when you, there's like an energy stirred up in the universe when you start to believe certain things. You don't know who you may meet, who, who you might just be telling a story to or show up like you, like you worked in Target. You could have met somebody in Target that blessed you in another way. We, we just don't know. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I would say. The mindset 
find some affirmations, even if you don't believe them at first. I'm such a, I think what's gotten me through my life, through all the adversity I've overcome has been the, and I learned this from a very young age that God never puts anything in your way that you can't overcome, Um, which sounds so crazy. And I'm not a very religious person. I grew up um, in the Catholic church, but then as an adult, I kind of stopped going. And I, be, I believe in, you know, faith and spirituality, but I don't yeah, practice. And that's always been my saying to myself. And I have affirmations, you know, you got this, you know, today's your day, smile. And I love to right. share that positivity, that affirmation. Actually, I just bought myself an affirmation journal that I'm going to hopefully be gifting to some of my clients when I work with them. Because okay. to me, how I work with people is I want to see you document your progress. And I want you to go back and look at your growth because it is oh, all about yeah. that mindset. Yeah. We, and I, and I have to say, even considering all the adversity that I've had to overcome, I've always been more of an optimist than a pessimist. I've been down where I've cried it out and I've had to get back on my feet. But you know, the challenges with money, I think I still have a relationship that I have to work on with money. Mm-hmm. I think many of my peers and my my audience and everyone else, we just struggle with talking about it. We don't ever right. want to talk about it. It's almost like this taboo thing that you don't talk about money. I've, and I grew up that way a little bit, but the older I've gotten, I'm like, what are we so scared about? Right. I think the more people hear someone's story, then they can relate to those challenges and how they can help themselves overcome it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying my student loans are going to go away tomorrow by talking about it, right. but learning about maybe some of the programs that are out there that someone has or that's, that are available, someone might feel better about listening to it or hearing about it or talking about it. Yes. Do you have anything that you think that from your years of experience and how you coach people in the mindset and being able to just say, this is okay, I'm going to get over this, that like, how do you make these steps happen? Because you gave four key steps that I'm going to outline and write in notes. But I, I just like, I'm writing notes like crazy because it's such juicy information. Well, I think people have to start. I mean, the biggest thing for me is to start the day with, or, or you could end your day this way too, with emptying everything out of your mind and just getting it on paper. And like you said, people a lot of times don't want to discuss it, but you have to face it first. So you have to take a hard look at it first. And that was what I was saying earlier about coming out of the darkness. So once you start getting that stuff out of your head, it doesn't feel as heavy. And when you, when you do this thought download, look at some of the thoughts that you've put on paper. And those are the things that you start addressing. Like, um, you know, if you, if you say I'm broke, because a lot of people say I'm broke or I don't have any money, even though they might have some, but they still call themselves broke. I say there's not, you're not broken. You're not broken. Yes. When you say you're broke, you're saying you're broken. You're not broken. So if, if you're saying I'm broke, I am not broken. And you counter, you give yourself the opposite of what those thoughts are. This is hard. Like someone said to me yesterday, actually, I was talking to my ex-husband yesterday and we were talking about debt, which is so funny. And he said, you know, I tell people once they get in a hole and get behind, it's so hard to to catch up. 
And I didn't say anything. I just remained silent. And then he said it again, and I still didn't say anything. So then he looked at me and he said, why aren't you saying anything? And I said, because I don't believe that's true. I used to believe that was true, but I don't believe it's true anymore. And if I say it, then to me, I'm manifesting it. So if I'm saying it's hard, to get, if it's hard, if I say it's hard for me to pay off my student loans, it's going to be hard. But if I, if I say, which I have on my wall that I wrote down about my business, I make money having fun. I'm curious and I'm excited and I generate, you know, multiple six or seven figures having fun. That's the decision that I've made. So that, that's... You're putting to, it out to the universe to make it happen. And then the energy starts swirling around. It's like this unseen energy. And, and you've been in a room with somebody and you get a bad vibe from them. We all do. Yes. But you've also been in a room with people you get a good vibe from. So if I walk in the room and I'm thinking, nobody in here is going to like me, or I've, or I've had people tell me they've gone in a room and all the people were rich and they felt less than, less than, and, you know, didn't feel like they were equal to these people. And I told her, I can walk into the room with anybody. And I don't care who it is. I feel good about who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's how you have to feel about your money. You have to feel like no matter what it is, there's a way. I believe in miracles. There's a way. There's a miracle. There's things unseen. Like I said, the more you talk about it, the more you desire to pay it off or to have certain things in your life, you you would be shocked at the people that show up and the things that happen. It, it'll blow your mind, but it starts with a decision and it starts with a belief. And like I said, I'm, I, I, had to, stuff. I, yeah, I had to work on this stuff for years. It's not like, like you said, you're more of an optimist. I really wasn't, but I'm resilient. So, you know, I might've cried it out or whatever, but I still got back up and said, okay, I have my cry now. Let me figure it out. Mm -hmm. Ask somebody or whatever it is, you know, and you can't be too proud to ask for help um, because it'll keep you, it'll keep you stuck. And I, I really hate that word stuck because to me, stuck means you're just not willing to do anything different. But I also have a lot of people tell me, yeah, I'm just stuck. No, you, you believe you're stuck. You believe something is getting in the way but it's yourself getting in the way. So to kind of, you know, summarize this conversation, a lot of it comes down to giving ourselves the permission, and maybe it's not the permission, it's maybe it's more about allowing ourselves to believe in ourselves enough to know that the mindset and the relationship that we have is that we have to believe in looking for the opportunity and what we can do to focus on getting out of the debt so if you have a skill, if you have a talent, or there's something you know how to do, work on that to help you make that money. Because you obviously need the money to produce it. We also talked about contacting all your collectors or the creditors to making sure that you're working with them and making sure that they understand that you have a plan on working with them, because that will help you feel better. That will release that anxiety and stress and tension that right. you might have. And then... Asking for help, seeking help, 
whether it's a financial advisor or a family member who is much more um, benefited with money. Um, you, I want to go back to what you said about your masterclass that you're going to be doing very soon and the relationship and how you budget in a different way. I think that's oh, so yeah. important, which is kind of all of it together. Right. I didn't realize that I was doing it. And I've, I've tried doing budgets and you may have to school me on this at some point, Gail, but I'm terrible with, I have a really bad relationship. And I think for me specifically, and maybe I feel like a lot of people of color, right, may have not been taught this growing up. I didn't grow oh, yeah. up in a household where we talked about money. I didn't learn how to balance a checkbook at home. I wasn't talked about the value of the dollar. There was never those lessons. And I see many of us people of color who struggle with that. And I don't know if my listeners can um, feel affiliate with that or feel like they can connect to that. But that was a struggle for me is that I had to learn about this later on in life. I was grown in my 20s, not recognizing the amount of debt that I was accumulating. I had debt before I was even 18 that wasn't even mine that I had to pay for. Oh, wow. And so that those are things that i think through the the years and being able to ask for the help i never asked for the help mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not shy about it now um because i've gone through some debt consolidation programs to get me the help yeah, yeah. and that's what's helped me get out of the debt um but it, in so many different ways i think people struggle with that um which is hard well if you say it's hard it's gonna be hard yeah that's so true. I have to stop saying it's hard, and I think other people do too. <laughs> I mean, it it doesn't have to be hard. I I grew up very poor, very poor. My parents were divorced. My mom cleaned people's houses and babysat. Okay, and there were four of us. I grew up very poor, didn't know anything about money, but I educated myself. And the mindset piece I've started getting more into later in life. Um, I mean, some of it I did use, but it wasn't intention as intentional as it is now. But as far as the budgeting goes, instead of being so strict with your budget, put in your budget things that you enjoy. Uh, allocate money for things that put a smile on your face so that you're not looking at the budget as this dread, doom and gloom thing you're dreading. Um, the other thing that I want to get better about doing, and, and someone recommended this to me, is to do money dates. And that is to pick a day of the week, like say every Friday night. Like I, I before COVID, I used to think of Friday night more like date night. Sit down, get a bottle of wine or whatever you like to drink, pour a bottle of wine, pull out your bills. Some people might not even know how to do a spreadsheet. Get a, get a pad and a pencil or a pen and just write everything down and just start to get familiar with it. Um, and we probably could talk about this later, but people have different types of relationships with their money. And so it's almost like developing a relationship like with whoever your male, female re relationship, whatever, um, a romantic relationship, I wanna say. It's almost the same way. What kind of relationship are you are you having a booty call? Are you committed? Are you, you know, somebody that just want to have a one night stand? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with money. You know, it's like, do you only look at your money when some bill collector's calling you? 
or do you get serious? Like the booty call to me is like, do you get, you get serious about it? Um, and then you're gone. You know, it's like, oh, I'll, I'll deal with that for a minute, but then I'm, I'm gone and on my way. Um, and I'll come back to it. I'll push it to the side and come back to it the next time I have a need. So that's you know. the, what do you call you keep on speed dial? Oh yeah, but you know, plenty <laughs> people have that. I'm sure, yeah. I remember <laughs> having those in my back. <laughs> but I think of money relationships the same way, you know. And then you have people that are in a more committed relationship that have the money date on a regular. It doesn't have to be every week, but you know, on a consistent basis, and they open their they open their bills and they go online and they set up automatic payments. And, you know, now that's a more committed relationship. So to me, there's a correlation. How you treat your money is how your money treats you. And so it goes back to, to that, I call it passion budgeting. You know, put, make it fun, make it enjoyable as much as you can. I know some people just say they're afraid of money or they don't like it, but the thing when you were speaking that popped into my mind too and my spirit, what if somebody owed a lot of money, like student loans, and they owed a lot of money and they followed all of these things that I said today, and then they created a course and taught it? Mm. Right. You know, it's like there are opportunities everywhere. So you know, you make the calls, you get in the programs, you follow the things that I said today and you make it a habit and you teach it to somebody else. Yeah, I mean, and we all become, through our experiences, we all become a form of an expert in acknowledging yeah. because we've experienced that. Yeah. It's not something someone can take away from you because exactly. you've experienced it. You yes. are the person that you are because you had lived through that pro that time exactly. and that process. You don't have to study it in a book. I mean, you know, no. you can get more information about the program or whatever right. to tweak it. But imagine, you know, how many people you could bless, and you don't have to be out of debt to teach it either. No, and that that and that story in. itself carries itself with it. Yes. Yes. So that, that's what I would say. I mean, I know I said a lot and it's a lot to take in, but. Yeah, I mean, and there's more questions I have and I think that we can definitely bank those for other, um, for other, other sessions or other episodes. But this was definitely, I think, super helpful. I think this is very eye-opening because I definitely, for me, I took on four pages of notes while we were chatting, <laughs> but I definitely have to change my mindset about how I have a relationship with money. And I think everyone else does too. I mean, ultimately, if we want to live a life that's freeing of financial freedom, where we maybe we have the extra cash in the paycheck and it's nice to see that coming in, you have to change your mindset and the relationship you have with money and think outside of the box on how you can make more money. Motivate yourself to know that you have something to offer that can right. benefit someone else Right. with what your skills and your talents are. Right. So, so powerful. Thank you so much for spending the you time with us. I so appreciate it. I look forward to many more conversations like this one. And I'm sure that our, our listeners will as well. And we'll be sure to include a bio and all the details pertaining to Gail's masterclasses that are coming up soon in the show notes. Okay, great. It was so nice being here with you. Thank you. Hey Chit Chatter, before you go, if you love this episode, 
head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I read every single one of them. It would mean the world to me. And if you love some free coaching, go ahead, like, subscribe, and in the review, leave us a comment. Go ahead and screenshot it and then post it on over on Instagram stories and tag me at Jose Miguel Longo. Thank you so much for listening. All my love. And I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.